Okay, coconuts, we are back for another episode with Blockcast. Uh, everything, it looks like it's uh, cracking down at this point in time. So <laughs> I'm your host, Reggie, a.k.a. Your Chief Financial Coconut. And I'm joined with... Blockheads. Um, yes. Tim. Um, yeah, I'm the manage- managing editor of Blockhead. Cool. Uh, and I'm Mark. Uh, I am the CEO, the Chief Blockhead. Chief Blockhead. Um, <laughs> I think that, that's an appropriate term for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah. I, I give it to you. I give it to you guys. Yes, yes. But more, more importantly, is is this show gonna continue running? I know because <laughs> because this week, this week is a crazy week, guys. Yeah. This week is a crazy week. You know, so many things are happening. I, I feel like I feel like ever since I agreed to start this show with you guys, right? It feels like every other week feels like it's it's just gonna end. You know, <laughs> it's like well, it's I mean, like this 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 is, this is just <laughs> I would say crypto news cycle. Or in fact, uh, just the crypto uh, industry uh. in general, it is relentless. Uh, mm. Even when mm. it is like good news days, uh, there's still a lot happening. Yeah. Serious. Okay. Okay. So I'm 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 uh, clearly newbie in this space, trying to figure out. And there's all these things happening, right? So FTX definitely the main story for the week, and we have three stories lined up for all of you. So Tim, take us through the first story for today. Well, the first story this week, we want to talk about how bad the FTX fallout is for the wider crypto market. I mean, we talked about FTX last week, about the exchange collapsing, but you know now we're starting to see its effects on uh, everything else. So f- exposure to FTX is rampant. Um, and even just today, um, Tomasic has said that they will write off their $275 million investment in FTX, irrespective of the outcome. So I thought it'd be good to discuss you know, our views on how widespread the contagion will be and if this will lead to a colder crypto winter or will consolidation and more transparency uh, you know, result, which will ultimately be good for the industry. Really? Okay, okay. So, so I, I think Tomasic today sent out even... They went so far as to send out like an official media release on like... Uh, on like even Telegram, like they have a Telegram. Okay, don't ask me why I'm on the Masix Telegram group, lah. Right? It's like it's like part of the job, right? I gotta be there, <laughs> just kind of mm-hmm. know what's going on. Ministry Finance, you know. Shout out to all of you. I'm all. I mean, you're all your Telegram groups. So you know, it, it it goes so far for them to actually share this kind of official media release to to say they're gonna cancel it out. Um, that's definitely definitely quite a big thing, right? And of course, these few days, um, you, you see. I think Genesis Trading, there are many other people that were all Okina, right? So everybody has come out, or many people have come out to say that they're going to halt any kind of withdrawals and, uh, and, and all these jazz, right? So how, how bad is this? How, how bad is this really? I mean, like, I won't sugarcoat it. Uh, it is bad, <laughs> right? Um, but bad is also relative. Uh, whoa, 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 we're going there. We're going no, there. I mean, like, it's, it just depends on, you know, what, what, what your personal kind of like investment is in the space. Uh, mm. Whether you're working in the space or not, I think it has a lot of different implications. Yeah, I think mm. Tamasic in this sense, you know, they, they probably, I mean, based on, you know, their position in Singapore, they definitely have to go above and beyond, right, um, the usual set of communications to kind of assure the public. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I think this is what they have to do. Uh, I think it's, it, 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 I don't think they have a choice but to write off the investment. Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah they, mm, they said that the uh, cost of the investment was 0.09% of its net portfolio value, which stood at $403 billion as of end March this year. It's all good, guys. We're still rich, man. That's no, no, no. I, I, was just, I was just thinking, oh, is that, is that a good barometer to then 
kind of work backwards to know how much reserves we have. <laughs> right? Eh? Eh? The mystery is out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, but apparently they don't dip into the reserves to kind of invest, right? That, 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 the, the, the source of the funds don't come from there. That is the... I'm not the domestic spokesperson, by the way. I'm just kind of yes, reading yes, off yes, the FAQ. Yes, yes, this yes, is why yes, my yes, screen yes, right yes. now is open. The FAQ, they don't. <laughs> CPF money is also not invested. Yeah, to, to be clear, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So there are a lot of those details. We're not here to talk about <laughs> them today. But what about what about like you, you know you, you see all these uh, new okay not not say new but you see a lot of uh, tweets a lot of I mean, it's amazing how well wow, the crypto space just relies on tweets. But anyway, okay. So there's a lot of tweets out there with all these kind of exchanges trying to show or like different funds trying to show that oh, oh we still have our money we still have our money right. So all these proof of reserves proof of money sitting around. Does that mean that you know they are not Impacted? Does that mean that you know, for for our listeners tuning in, that if a company comes out to show that they have all these reserves, then they are fine. They're gonna write through this. You know, uh, any thoughts on some of these things? I, I think that you know, when a company has to come out and say we are fine, I mean, it's a warning sign. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that's the same thing that FTX did right before they collapsed. You know, they they, they put out a meme of a uh, of the Shiba saying, you know, there's no there's nothing to worry about. Um, but you know. Every crypto exchange now wants to show that they're not the next FTX. Uh. So, mm. I'm, well, I, I think proof of reserves is a solution, but not the whole thing. Uh. It, 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 it does allay some customer nerves, I think, but uh, I, I don't think that that's the solution. Well, I, I mean, I think that the fundamental question here is that how many people out there investing in crypto actually know how to read a balance sheet mm. to begin with? Mm. You know, it really starts there. And so, obviously, if you have some level of like financial sophistication or if you, you know, you're used to kind of looking at the company's finances, you, you would have, you'll be able to piece together some information. But, you know, for the man or woman on the street, uh, it's going to be tough, mm. right? So, so, and especially when you start to rope in tokenomics into the mix, then it becomes even more complicated, mm. which is mm. essentially what was required to really understand why this whole FTX uh, collapse actually happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but 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 Alameda girl says she just use simple math, right? So, <laughs> so I, think I I found it really cute when when I when I saw some of the videos that that, that were just kind of coming out as as a result of this saga, right? Mm. So can can you can you guys give us a little bit of a picture of like how big is this contagion risk gonna be like beyond domestic beyond some of these like big sovereign funds? Who is it affecting? Because it seems like it's it's just kind of hitting everybody, and everybody is just trying to show that oh we're not hit, you know. So 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 what's the situation? I mean, I think the fact of the matter is that everyone has some sort of exposure to FTX. You know, whether it's you, you're a trading firm, you're you you know a fund or whatever. Like you know, you're still you're not you might not be only trading on FTX, but you know if you are. Risk managing properly, you are using like you know probably ten exchanges, but the sums are still huge. So, um, it, it it will affect everyone in in a small way lah. At least, um, you know. Ye- yesterday we also covered um, BlockFi. They are in preparations to file for bankruptcy. Um, mm. You know, they are huge exchange as well. Uh, but you know, it's just—it's not just limited to them. Um, I think uh, Amber Group, you know, they—they they, they said that they are not affected, but you know, they still have, uh, you know, a few hundred million exposure on uh, to FTX, uh, from what I've heard. You know, th- these are just a few huge players. But 
um, you know, on, 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 at a broader level, it, it's just scared, you know, the the general public away from the digital asset space. And for skeptics around, you know, this has uh, validated their doubts. Uh, so mm-hmm. it might be, it might take a much longer time to rebuild. And, you know, it seems like crypto winter is not looking to end anytime soon. It's going to be harder to raise funds as well. It's like a layman moment. The way, the way I see it is that there are a few big themes here, right? Uh, in terms of consequences and might, what might happen going forward. So, first of all, we need to look at these centralized exchanges, right? Should they also be the custodian of like, you know, like our assets, our coins and our, and, our, and our fiat, right? So, if you look at traditional finance, custody is a separate business altogether, right? If you have, when, when you know, institutional investors, right, they have to work with a custody service, right, to invest funds. So one of the yeah. consequences I see going forward is that when, when if, if we have centralized exchanges operating in some way, shape or form, right, um, the, the, the need for like third party custody services, right, I think that, you know, there's a really valid argument for that. Like it's essentially the, 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 the crypto industry just needs to kind of keep up with like, you know, like or be more in tune with traditional finance. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The second um, consequence, I would say something to really think about here, right? When you have an exchange essentially issuing or printing their own token, I think that that um, it, it, it requires pause for thought. So I think it, from a retail investor's point of view, right, I think it really does require a bit more investigation. Right? So in the, in the case of uh, FTT, right, um, essentially Alameda was um, you know, holding most of like, the FTT tokens in circulation. Right? And, and if, token, if the token is not widely circulated, Right then, there's, there's a huge risk because you, you can't really set a proper market price, right? So, exchanges who are printing their own tokens, um, that's something because it also makes me question, right? Is the business model for exchanges good enough, you know, and on a very like kind of like vanilla level, right? So if if you're an exchange, right, and you're in the business of like taking off taking a spread or like commissions off the trades, right? can you remain competitive enough in the crypto space? There's a reason why all these exchanges are coming up with like funky products, right? They become like yeah. custodians, staking, you know, they're issuing their own tokens, you know, they become banks, right? Th- these are things that are out of scope for your, yeah. you know, typical stock exchange. Yeah, yeah. that's why they can pay 200,000 for a booth, right? I mean, Tim exactly. said last, last week, exactly. <laughs> like the guys paying 200,000 exactly. for a booth at uh, yeah. SFF. Yeah. Right, so there's a reason why because they they they're kind of making all these kind of money that you'd be like, oh wow, I never knew they could make money yeah. this way because for traditional finance exchanges is is very lean. The, mar- the margins are horrible. They, exactly, you know, exactly. It's 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 not as sexy as as what is happening. Correct. So so then you know it calls into question like you know the business model right going forward if you're running a centralized exchange, and then this goes back to my first point about you know reading balance sheets right. Because mm. in the case of FTT, you could pump the token price. That appears as a profit on their balance sheet. Investors mm. get full and then you can borrow off it. Mm. Sounds like Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how many people realize, but most of Musk loans, like he, he loans a lot of money, right? To, to do all these other yeah. projects that he has. 50% are all backed by Tesla shares, right? So you are not taking the upside of all his other projects, but you're bearing the risk of the failure of them, right? So that's a, that's a different discussion altogether, huh? different discussion. We're not, we're, not, <laughs> we're not doing it here. But, but, but once and for all, I think it's important for us to, 
you know, uh, if you are looking to play around this space, whether is it to develop things or you know to like put your money around or just kind of keep following the space, really, man, l- please stop telling me or oh, look at the LinkedIn profile or you know or, or look <laughs> look at these other people. You know, what's their past? Do they have any track record? I was like, come on, man, try to give me a little bit more, right? Because the thing is, I've interviewed multiple people I won't say many I've interviewed multiple people I was like how do you evaluate that this project is going to succeed oh first you got to look at the LinkedIn profile of these people you know like have they have they have they become successful have they have never trust somebody who has like more than like you know like I would say five different certifications on LinkedIn I think that's my limit <laughs> so if you scroll down you see like kind of like, you know, like 15 or 20 right <laughs> like everything from like you know like the accounting course to like you know like a gourmet appreciation kind of course in there right don't trust him <laughs> Hey, I will trust the guy that put gourmet appreciation course. <laughs> guy is proud of the hobby, okay? It's, it's, it's <laughs> okay, okay. Fair point, fair point. So yeah, it looks like FTX is uh, going to have a w- much wider contagion, much wider fallout for the crypto space. And we will continue to cover and see what's happening, right? It feels like every week there's something, you know. Oh, what, oh, 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 oh. Tangential question for you guys, right? Like, Are you guys feeling the... Are you guys feeling the contagion risk? Do you have sponsors pulling up? Um, we're quite fortunate in this sense because um, mm. our, our, our our sponsors we, we don't really work um, with a lot of the exchanges. Uh, uh, okay, so okay, okay. so obviously we would, I guess the impact um, we're not we're not spared from it, right? Mm, mm. Um, but we've always chosen to be quite careful with who we work with in this sense. Great, great, yeah. great, great. Yeah, because yeah. because uh, g- given the recent, you know, stock stock prices coming down, we also have a lot of projects being cancelled and all that. So yeah, good that you guys are not affected. That means we'll have another episode next week for all of you, right? So, hey Reggie, I want to ask you, uh, I mean, since we're on the topic of uh, LinkedIn profiles and, and 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 evaluating founders, you know, what what, mm. what do you think about the public perception of crypto figures? You know, like, you know, now 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 we're getting more into the background of Caroline. SBF yeah. and, and you know Dopon yeah. and Suzu. It seems like everyone who went down, right? They're just a collection of sociopaths. Yeah, I mean, it's just. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I mean, the discussion now is what kind of leaders do we want to see in crypto? Um, mm. You know, are they more like suit and tie? Mm. Uh, what what sort of personal mm. branding is needed? You know, to mm. give the space a bit more legitimacy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Nas did a video, right? Like he's the most generous billionaire. Blah blah blah. <laughs> so, so there's 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 all that shit going on. Um, so a few things, right? I think as with any sector that is growing, if right from the get-go you get in what what the industry would call adults, right? Or quote-unquote adults, you know, it, 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 it kind of renders the thing a bit boring, right? It's, it's not exciting. There's no new ideas. There's no growth. I mean, and this is, and, and let's be clear, this is a general trajectory of all industries. It's not unique to crypto, right? When you first start, must be a bunch of crazy guys. You know, like, like recently, I think there's quite a rise in like urban farming. Previously, there was also the whole marijuana legalization thing, right? So a, a lot of people that started in a lot of spaces, whether it's the EV, I mean, you go to One North, you see all the startup founders, all t-shirts and shorts, right? Eventually, the industry grows to a certain size and then you know uh, you you want to bring in the adult in the room or well, that's how that's corporate speak right like Sarah, mm-hmm. Sheryl Sandberg to Mark Zuckerberg right like you bring in the adult into the room so that 
they can kind of apply their experience managing big amount of funds and big amount of volumes and big amounts of business to to set some sort of stability and organization to the space or to the company itself, right? So so I think maybe crypto has kind of gotten to that size or so, or maybe I would even say they are late to the size already, like like they're already way beyond the size of 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 where they should like a lot because because let's be clear a lot of these founders when when they first started they were they were as hobo as 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 me la, you know like just kind of chilling around <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and doing something that we like right so if you grow something so quickly how how quickly can you then learn to to keep up with the needs of your ever changing business or your ever changing ecosystem or organization you're building so at some point you get so big that it's beyond your abilities, right? So I, I think I think maybe crypto, you know, different companies at this point in time is looking uh, to bring in some adults, right, into the room. Uh, but that, that's not to say that it has to be sweet and tight, But you, you get what I'm saying, right? Like like this whole people with experiences running big. I, I, I think that one, one of the things, like, or how I look at it, right, there are people who are zero to one and then you have one to two. You know, mm, so mm, mm. Um, Elon Musk is a great example. I mean, if you look at him objectively, I think he is great at like, bringing concepts to life that will have real-world impact, right? Like substantial real-world impact. But he might not necessarily be the same person to kind of like run a 10,000-employee company. Oh, that, that's also why I, have, I, I take quite a, a dim view of like, you know, um, you know, his, his Twitter acquisition because like, uh, I think he's better at creating things than actually running things, in my opinion. Mm. I do have a different opinion with... with yeah, I, it's true, but I, I do have a different opinion... Uh, <laughs> Evaluating his takeover of Twitter, not not about the price exactly, but the things that he has done recently, I do have yeah. a very different opinion. Like like he come he come in with a bang, he fired the people at the top, mm. you know, uh, opens up the whole floodgates of like, oh, you don't want to do this, then you go right. Mm. So and then, you know, you got to see the next few moves. Uh, yeah, it's I think too early wild, to say. But yeah. yeah, it's too early to say. But but. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the guy, but I will not write off the way he kind of tried to turn around business because there are many different uh, ways, right? And there's some CEOs, right, in the in the stock market that is like famous for being turn around specialists. No, so th- that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's a different mm. skill set altogether. Yes. It so, is. so it is. Um, in the same thing, you know, like you have, and I'm not kind of making any any excuses for someone like SBF, you know, mm. but uh, maybe someone like him was better, you know, at starting something than opposed to running something yeah yeah right. yeah po- possibly possibly yeah and and possibly i think also a lot of the uh, institutional investors need to reevaluate their crew <laughs> you know it's like hey we invest our money in all these guys right then uh they every day slippers and shorts uh, then they never change they never never improve you know a lot I mean, of these it's not, things it's not cute uh, anymore like, you know there's a point yeah in time yeah cute, yeah right? <laughs> you know i, I was telling the team I, I i have actually seen that kind of investment uh decks right from web three companies mm, mm. and raise like you know like 10 million you know, like mm, Series mm. A, and then like I see the teams like you know the profile founders are like avatars. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's 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 wild. And then you, wild. you you meet people at like crypto events or parties, uh, mm-hmm. and some of them you know insist to be introduced as their online nickname or avatar. Mm. You know, pseudonymous. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I just, I just okay. think the whole thing it, <laughs> it's just <laughs> crypto culture. But at the same time, it's a moment of reflection, right? Question here is yeah. that could this particular culture you know, be responsible for some of the things that are happening right now. Mm, 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 I, I don't, I'm not saying it's a yes or no thing, you know, but the general, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, hey, get, fuck it, we're cowboys, you know, like, we're going to mm. disrupt shit, break things, and then, like, you know, we don't do things like, you know, like how everybody else does, especially TradFi, mm. right? And then, on Twitter, Twitter is a dominant platform for, like, you know, like, crypto, crypto, crypto social media, right? It's so polarizing. Mm. This, what we're talking about now with, like, you know, like, transparency or reserves, you know, like, um, the issues with, uh, printing kind of tokens out of thin air. This has been talked about ad nauseum. 
you know, over the past like you know like years. But yeah, these yeah. things get shot down during a bull cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For no sure, one wants to sure. hear this shit. For sure, right? for sure, for Same sure. Same thing, Caroline Ellison, right? Mm. Videos of her, I mean, she was prominent before all of this, really. But yeah, at yeah. some Big point during Harry the bull Potter. cycle, we thought like, Potter. oh my god, this is so kind of like unique, cute. Like, yeah, you know, this person yeah. probably knows something that we don't, right? <laughs> no, so she doesn't. It's she knows perception. a lot of things that, that she don't know a lot of things that she don't know. Yeah. So I think my friend says that this is all perception and it's just like, you know, I think that the culture that the crypto community has built is somewhat responsible mm. for what is happening right now. That's a hot take. So, industry needs to grow up. Uh. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, uh, I mean, uh, part, of, part of the draw, you know, of, of this space was that it attracted rebels and, uh, you know, uh, well, I guess sociopaths. Uh, but, um, you know, like the, the formalization of the industry, even though it's, you know, uh, captured so much market share over the years, still hasn't resulted in, you know, its formalization. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess this is a reckoning point um, and we probably will see a less cool and interesting space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're already seeing it, right? Like when, when, when the crypto space starts to get integrated with like, you know, SFF, you know, start to join all these kind of like more traditional uh, spaces trying to come in, you know, and legislation trying to come in. All these are good signs that, you know, adults are coming in to try to sort it. And and, uh, to be clear, I'm not saying adults in a way of like dismissing the people that are in crypto, but it's just, you know, um, I mean, I think one thing for all of us today to think a little bit about and recognize is that things exist for a reason. Don't let your inability to comprehend the situation uh, as a reason for saying that this thing shouldn't be like that, right? I mean, which is like even the, even Mark, what what he just said about like, you know, you got to put your money aside, you know, like uh, the exchanges cannot be holding on to the fiduciary, you know, that, that all these different things that, that, the traditional finance world have already sorted it out over time, right? They kind of know why it needs to exist this way. So I think um, even for a lot of people that are like head on into the crypto space, maybe uh, it's, it's time to think about some of these things and uh, don't, don't, don't just diss traditional finance world. There are many things that that's horrible, you know, in terms of paper process, a lot of back-end things that are horrible that can be sorted out. But a lot of the structures that are built over time, there must be a reason why it exists, right? So I think that's that's why I, I do hope for, for more founders and more people in this space as you evaluate projects as you decide whether you want to join a company uh, when the next thing you want to do uh, yeah don't, don't just diss whatever there's in front just kind of take a look at what's happening and see if it can help you in developing um, your journey okay so that is story number one FTX contagion risk as we continue to cover this whole FTX saga which is uh, giving us a lot of downloads huh? these days <laughs> so FTX FTX sure guarantee downloads right? you don't talk about FTX this whole week or no downloads okay so must talk about FTX which brings us to story number two it's also around FTX but an extension of this whole personality situation which is CZ the founder of Binance and the, the idea here is CZ said that they are planning to do an FTX acquisition or kind of bail them out you know or at least that's a part of the story but in the end you realize that he just pulled out of the deal once again right so cz was never going to bail out ftx i think that's the main idea uh, in this story for today because the whole idea in the crypto space is that there's a lot of culture there's a lot of these kind of like people attacking each other and some would even argue that this whole this whole FTX fallout was because of this guy called CZ, which is uh, the number one competitor, which is founder of Binance, right? So short, long story short, which I think a lot of you have already 
heard about this was uh, CZ decided to throw out a lot of these FTT tokens and created like a slum and then a whole bank run in the whole in the whole FTT ecosystem. Eventually stating that, oh, we're going to come in and uh, potentially buy you out or potentially bail you out, but it's non-binding, right? So they issued a contract and they issued a statement, but this is not a norm, it's a non-binding contract to say that they will bail out FT, FTX. And then after that, they come in with this whole due diligence rubbish to say that, oh yeah, we did our due D and this thing doesn't work. Uh, so we're not going to buy you out anymore. Oh, that just sends, sends the shit down to another <laughs> round of spiral. And eventually, we are where we are today where you start to see a lot more contagion risk and you start to see all these other people and all these other funds and all these other businesses, they all get affected and many people. And to be clear, I'm not even as... I don't feel that bad for like institutional investors because institutional investors, okay, guys, you are paid, you know, like millions of dollars a year to, to cover these things, right? You make your own decision, you manage the risk, right? But for the lay on the ground, the people out there, you know, and, and a lot of the smaller developers, they are entering the space because it's all exciting. They spend their life. Uh, is, is this the kind of environment that we want to be in? And is this the, the space that you want to develop, right? So this is story number two, which is CZ was never going to build up FTX. Anybody has any thoughts around this whole culture, this whole thing that, that they're doing? Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, like, I obviously, I just like the fact that all of it's so public. Mm. Yeah, it all played out on Twitter. You know, I mean, yeah, it all played out on Twitter. I, lo- I love how Twitter is like public these days, bro. Yeah. So, oh, Twitter, <laughs> so, so public, yeah. uh, this thing. <laughs> I mean, o- obviously, the reason why we're here talking about this, you know, is, is like, uh, uh, if this wasn't kind of like being done, the fact that it was all being communicated on Twitter, right? Mm. I mean, it clearly means that, you know, that, that, that um, his intentions were less than noble. I mean, there's no need to kind of disclose all these things, mm. right? Mm. You can do your duty process and you can sign an LOI without actually kind of announcing it to the public. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so are, you saying, are you saying that this is predatory? Um, I mean, yeah, I would view it as predatory, but I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that like, you know, CZ is doing anything like, I, I'm not making a moral judgment or value judgment on this. You know, I think that he's doing what he uh, thinks it's, it, it, it's in his commercial interest to do so, so that's fine. Um, he is under no obligation to be a white knight here. Why should he be? You know? Um, yeah. I mean, his, his explanation was that, you know, the reason why the duty was, was done so, I mean, was completed so quickly was that, you know, he quickly found out that FTX was illegally um, deploying customer funds, you know, for their investments. Uh, so he just said that that didn't fly and they just, uh, you know, they had to announce that they were not going through with it. And uh, he said it's better to, you know, cut the deal off early then you know let it drag on uh you know behind closed doors i mean that that that's his mm-hmm. uh, reasoning la. but i think um the, the the what 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 we should think about now is um this exchange has just c- cemented its dominance in the space uh, you know it's it's now the google of crypto in terms of size uh, influence and importance and then following up from that like very important he also just you know tweeted and announced that like um setting up a fund to help beleaguer, uh, you know, crypto businesses or projects that are in trouble. Um, and he's going to, def- I'm dead sure he's going to go into Congress and then double down regulation, trying to control the space, you know, with all these regulations. So, I mean, if, you, if you're a top dog, you want regulation. Mm, 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 yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, we, should, we should also remember that uh, centralized players, you know, calling for DeFi regulation, you know, they do so because it serves their interests. I mean, this was uh, SBF's play all along. 
Um, and you know, and on the other side, re regulators should also recognize that, as far as consumer protection goes, uh, DeFi beats CeFi and has done so time and time again. Why? Why? Why DeFi beats CeFi? I mean, the the the. I mean, the whole FTX issue. I, it, you know, it just shows the failure of CeFi and not DeFi. Um, you know, with DeFi, everything is transparent. No, I was just monitored. I was just thinking of being lame. So what about A five and B five? But anyway, please continue. Well, yes. okay. I guess I guess I guess <laughs> we should we should clarify this. C five meaning centralized finance and D five meaning yes, yes, yes. decentralized finance. Decentralized. Finance. I mean, to give you a, a good example of like uh, a Dex or a DeFi um, exchange, right? Be Uniswap. That's one of the biggest ones around, right? So yes, you know they don't hold. Um, they, they don't they don't need to hold kind of like you know like customer funds because you know everything is just settled like you know using liquidity pools. Right. Um, so you know the, issue, the whole issue of custody that's kind of like sorted. Um, you know that that so that is DeFi's promise, right? You are able to access and transfer and build your wealth um, without the permission of anybody. Mm. Yeah, I there are well, obviously there are issues surrounding this as well because you know I think that as a just on a very practical point of view. Um, you can guarantee, say, like, you know, a certain layer, a certain level of, say, security, right, uh, and privacy, even things are decentralized. But at the same time, you sacrifice a bit of, like, operational efficiency. So this goes back to the whole kind of, like, you know, like, blockchain trilemma here, right? Like, you have, um, you know, your different, like, for, exa for example, there's a reason why Ethereum went from, like, proof of work to proof of stake, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, aside from, you know, improving the environmental, I would say like their, their, their carbon footprint, right? Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry I always find it weird when, when companies tell me things like, oh, we're trying to improve our environmental footprint, you know, blah, blah, blah. When, when actuality, those are like small little things at the top. You know, it, it, it fun, because proof of work to proof of stake is a fundamental shift for incentive structures. Right, yeah. like who who is now in control of this whole yeah. ecosystem? So you know, uh, computing okay. power no longer matters as long as you have a law, right? So you're welcoming traditional financial problems, which is where there's a giant player in the space that owns everything. They can control the can. the protocol, right? Yeah. So so that that to me is a bigger problem than not the not the whole like green low carbon footprint. But anyway, yes. uh, so, so so that was a bit of a segue. But I think that like my, yeah, my yeah, 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 so yeah. just to elaborate a bit more, right? What I mean here is that. Um, so for the benefit of the, of the audience who were not familiar with the blockchain trilemma, right? So basically what it is is that like, you know, like there are three things that are essentially desirable in a blockchain. Decentralization, security, and scalability. Okay, so um, this is an issue that, you know, a lot of the blockchains and the protocols are just trying to solve. Uh, you kind of all three. Mm. You, can, you can have decentralization and security, but you can't have scalability because, you know, there's a reason why the, the safest way for us to store our, our coins right now is also the most inefficient method. I.e., I write down like a 24-word kind of like your key, store it in the safe, and take it, take it offline completely. That's mm -hmm. the most secure. Yeah. Right? So um, this goes back to my point on, 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 the, on DeFi, right? Um, I think that uh, they are able to do some of these things right, but you know, they would probably kind of have to sacrifice some operational efficiency. Um, what this could mean is that certain portions of um, the exchange business are decentralized. And some are centralized, so it's some sort of like mm. in between. Mm. Okay, yeah. okay, interesting. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have a a strong position on 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 this, you know. But you know, some may say that this whole CZ saga will go down as a 
a, a super amazing move, right? Something like a George Soros, you know, which which he, when he shot the when he went against the Bank of England, right? So, uh, yeah, he may be he may be that guy. Nobody knows, right? But uh, for all you on 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 the streets, like I think we may have a different incentive structures, and we got to keep keep observing and keep learning, right? So, uh, yeah, continue to see continue to see how this goes. Uh, anybody has anything else to add for this, like? You know, CZ, SVF kind of shit. I, I I really do hope that next week we don't cover them anymore. But I feel like I feel like hard lah. I feel like they are like the <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna hear them for a few more weeks until this thing plays out and, and dies off. Uh, please please get a cold wallet. That, that that is what I think that is the most relevant thing to say. Yes. Because we can speculate all we want about you know like what their different agendas are. I mean, we would never know. Yeah. You can only take what they say, yeah. what they tweet on face value. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. you know, get a cold wallet. Which, and co-wallets co-wallet demand has just shot off the roof and a lot of the people that are building co-wallets are saying you know ah, we cannot build in time right so there's an over demand <laughs> relative to our supply so ah yeah it's a rush into another thing yes uh, but if yeah but we'll, we'll see we'll see yeah, if, and if you want us to talk a little bit about how to how to decide what, what wallets to use let us know uh, drop in our comments or you know eat uh, Talk to us on our Telegram group. Email in. Uh, we'll try to give you some coverage, right? And I'm sure you guys probably have done some cover on like co wallets and all that. So yeah, that is uh, story number two, and we are off to the third story and probably the the more important story. <laughs> in a sense, important like enough of FTX, enough of FTX. So Mark, take us through third one. Well, okay. So uh, the third one, um, we're going to take a big a bit of a break from like uh, the FTX uh, drama. Uh, so as Finally. we all know, like the World Cup is around the corner, right? Uh, and sports brands such as Nike and Adidas are pushing their Web3 products. Um, for example, Nike Swoosh and Adidas Metaverse Drop. Um, they've got like a, BA, a bathing ape in its, uh, in, its in its advertisements, right? So I, I think that the, the relevant point here is that, you know, given how the market is going, um, are some of these brands a bit late to the game? Right, because right at the start of the NFT craze, launching an NFT was essentially free marketing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the fact that they're doing it now for the World Cup, um, yeah, is it you know like is it is it still as cool you know? Um, I mm. I think that that's that's really one of the bigger discussion points. Yeah, for this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the celeb. Finally, we shift out from FTX, so that's great news, right? We're talking, <laughs> essentially talking about corporates joining the NFT thing, and and let's be clear, I think a lot of celebrity and NFTs have just kind of died. Right, Correct. most of them, most of them. Have I mean, died, you know, I don't know how they're gonna attract. Um, they have some big names, right? So like Matt Damon, you know, like was one of the spokespersons for Crypto.com. I mean, if I was an A-list celebrity, I would seriously consider whether I would want to lend my credibility to crypto right now or Web three. Yeah. yeah. Tom Brady yeah, has yeah. already scrubbed all mentions of FTX yeah. from his Twitter timeline. <laughs> as he should as he should you know but I, I think from 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 our listeners point of view like just don't be too hyped up about like celebrities signing up to these kind of things because honestly to me celebrities joining is not it's not any form of like endorsement on the validity of the project or the validity of the ecosystem you know it's just it just shows that crypto has a lot of money to throw at alien celebrity that's it <laughs> it doesn't yeah you know it doesn't tell me a lot on, on this right I mean, yeah, okay, crypto companies partnering with athletes and sports clubs, well, it's the cheapest way of reaching young men who are, you know, who form yes. the bulk of crypto buyers. But, um, you know, uh, a recent survey of uh, 
sports and business professionals found that 50% of the industry is concerned about negative publicity relating to Web3 partnerships, uh, you know, fan tokens, NFT launches, and things like that. Um, last week, parliamentarians in the UK debated the issue of uh, football's deepening ties with crypto and NFTs. Uh, you know, both sides of the house were, you know, they, 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 they rarely agree, but on this point, you know, they were, you know, uh, unified in their response uh, um, that, uh, you know, widespread and misleading promotion of crypto and sports um, has helped it go mainstream while actually minimizing uh, risks involved in investing. And also the unregulated nature of crypto has left fans with uh, little or no recourse if the projects or scheme collapses uh, or is subject to fraud. Uh, you know, so this is a big issue because like la last season in the Premier League, 20 uh, out of 20 clubs, only one did not have a crypto sponsor. And he didn't win, right? They didn't win. They got no money to win. No, the, the, the one that didn't have a crypto sponsor was actually sponsored by Amex. So, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, okay. okay. So, I, I think fundamentally, right, the idea of like a, uh, a fan club or a loyalty program, uh, an on-chain version of that, right, uh, using, or using NFTs, smart contracts, right, it totally makes sense. Okay, because, I mean, you, you think about a couple of things like um, these fo football clubs already have like a very vibrant raging community you can yeah. find a way I'm to very afraid to go near them yeah. really like, <laughs> no, you, but you can I'm very afraid to go you know? near the soccer yeah. fans <laughs> like all aspects of like say fan life right buying tickets yes yes right reserving seats yeah, yeah. you know access yeah. to uh, meet and greets right merchandise mm -hmm. all of this actually can be organized on chain and I think it makes sense in that, in that sense in that yeah. in the way that you know you have like loyalty programs you know uh, yes. fan clubs that right. I can agree, yes. I, I think what is the issue right now is more of brand perception and then comms. Mm. It is possible yeah. to launch an on-chain version of a fan club without actually calling it mm. an NFT. I don't need to know. Mm. Yeah. You know as, as like kind of the end user, the fact that the, you know, um, my membership is launched on-chain and then all my, ticket mm. my, all my ticket purchases, you know, like if I interact with like, let's just say my Sports Stars page, um, right, that gets launched on-chain as well, right? Mm. Why do I need to know that it's like, you know, like a, an NFT? Right, the only reason yeah, why yeah, yeah. they've come out to announce it that way, it's because, you know, it just made sense. It was like, cool there was a few months ago. Brand yes, feelings, yes. right? For being yes. associated with the space. So yes, I think that, yes. you know, an easy compromise is to develop these things, but just don't call it an NFT. But, yeah. but <clears throat> you know, on that point, right? Um, you know, basically you're monetizing fan engagement and you're replacing real consultation with mm. uh, this uh, pay-to-have-your-say model. Like a DAO kind of situation, yeah? Yeah, I mean, the, the, does fan mm. engagement really need blockchain technology and NFTs? Like, it, it, it's worked fine, you know, until now. I mean, the, 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 the issues that you've raised about, like, making, you know, ticketing and all the other processes more efficient, that's fine, but, you know, uh, fan engagement, you know, it does not need to come at an, an added cost of, you know, tokens. Uh. Mm. I mean, that, that's my view. I mean, Aston Villa, yeah. one of the big, uh, bigger clubs that, you know, are on board with this uh, fan token program called Socios. Uh, by the way, that project has tanked. Uh, I think their tokens went uh, down like 85% uh, in the past year since launch. But, mm. um, you know, they, they have limited engagement to... to really minor things like you know choosing the color of your captain's armband 
know. Like, <laughs> we, we, we don't really care about this. But then, you know, they changed their club logo, you know, uh, you know recently. Uh, that that actually has, you know, sentimental value and, and, and resonates with, you know, fans and the city and all that. Now, these big decisions, they didn't go through that fan token. So, I mean, th- th- this, this model just, uh, you know, sounds... Or, yeah, it just, it just seems like a cash grab. Uh, just to, 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 to monetize a rabbit fan base with no real benefits to, to the user. I'm quite, I'm quite sure it is. Right? I'm quite sure it is. I mean, for, for, for a while now, uh, I have people asking, asking me, like, hey, why don't you guys create an NFT? Right? Like, on our end, because we do have a fan base, we have a community, we have people following us, we, have, we run a media thing, right? So I was like, oh, yeah, okay, possible. But then what are we going to give to our fans? You know what are we going to give to our community? You know what what is is it just like us trying to raise money to to like keep this going or like grow this further or or like what what is what is the benefit of them owning like a like a coconut NFT or like a DAO or, or something right? Like, are you going to vote on the topics we're going to talk about? Yeah, oh, choosing my interest. Okay, why not? Right? <laughs> or or, or, or oh, what what are you going to get? Right? So so but 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 I think. Well, these are pretty much two different things, right? So one one thing is the viability of these kind of systems, right? I think like recently I had a discussion with uh, uh, Benjamin, right, from Grey Ogre Games, right? And they're, they're building their own NFT projects around this. Like they got like, what, seven black lotuses in their office, right? Don't, don't go and rob them. But anyway, <laughs> so they, got, they, they, they are doing something like that for fractional ownership of, you know, uh, these kind of like non-tangible, like assets that are kind of like physical, you know, <laughs> and then trying to, Make it more liquid, right? In in, in in on some level, financializing those trading cards, you know. And I think there's some level of use case there. Maybe when I when I listen to how he talk about it, it feels like there's some level of use cases. But so so that is in some ways the success of the the ecosystem that he has built, right? Because as with any other software, uh, it takes time to build, right? It takes time to build based on the users. What do they need? What do they want? And then you develop as you go along, right? So that is the the software ecosystem that some of these. NFT or some of these like you know uh, platforms they will provide you know for for merchants or for community builders or for enterprise or organizations and, and and all that right so that's one side of the discussion which I think has come quite a decent way but on the other side uh, is is the many organizations they are rushing into this without setting up a whole community engagement team you know without like a whole strategy at the back it's like oh hey, this thing quite cool uh, let's go for it right and then you know, all all these people. The fans, you know, you get milked and then and then you lose your money, right? Because at the back, they really don't have a strategy, right? And I, and I think as much as I don't like this person, because I think he's like too fluffy, he has one of the most successful NFT projects going and that's Gary Vee, right? Mm-hmm. So so he has a strategy uh, around, you know, like, oh, you must, have a, you must have this so that you can come for the talks, you can come for the, you can essentially get engagement to me and all these different things that I can provide you, blah, 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 right? So, so, and, and he he definitely has a team at the back to kind of manage this whole thing, right? Because you look at his NFT, it looks damn ugly. It cannot end up in a movie. <laughs> it can maybe end up in a cartoon show, la, right? A kid's cartoon show, hey, hey, you know, V friends, you know, but, <laughs> but, but, but it looks damn ugly. So it proves to the point that it is not about like how beautiful the token is, but really, or the NFT is, it's really like, what is the functionality of it? Like, what, what is the value? Why should I hold on to this? And I think many 
providers, including people like, you know, um, celebrities or even probably like your sports clubs, Nike, Adidas, I don't think they have a sufficient idea as to what they're going to do. And the worst is they're trying to like integrate this into like this whole Web3 situation, right? Whether it's it Sandbox, Decentraland and, and whatever. But the thing is, right, if your fan is a World Cup fan, they will watch the World Cup and not be playing inside the sandbox. No, no. So, you know, it, it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, which goes back to my point about how, honestly, I feel like this is just optics and how it's presented. Because if you were to launch, like, say, like, you know, like a, an NFT for a sports club or a Web3 project, you know, in general, right, for one of these, like, big brands, right, the core audience, right, is a Web2 audience. Like, no one gives a shit about, like, you know, like, Web3. So that's why it's so polarizing. You know, if you're able to do, to execute something like this without actually, you know, it being a part of like the Web3 community, right? I think that you might have a better shot. I guess, mm-hmm. like, you know, like talking from like, you know, like the, if I am the organizers, yeah, or mm-hmm. the brand owners. So, so, so when are you organizing one? Huh? <laughs> when, when, are we, when are we creating our own NFT project? I don't know, man. Probably <laughs> never. But don't say never, okay, but okay. probably never. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Timothy looks like he's more excited about it. Is something no, no, that I from you? No, no, no. But I, I just wanted to make a, a comparison with because you brought up like the Grey Ogre Games project, right? Where they're fractionalizing uh, real world collectibles. Uh, so that by the way, we're not shilling them. Uh, they're just friends. Okay, they came onto our our other show. We're not shilling their project. It's not out yet anyway. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, but but it it it. it um, it's tokenizing collectibles, but this Nike uh, dot swoosh platform, you know, you're only going to trade virtual items, so it doesn't even reflect, you know, uh, you know the the ownership of, uh, you know, a pair of shoes. It, it, it's just an image of a pair of shoes. So, yeah, I I don't know how this is going to appeal to actual sneaker hits, unless they they see, you know, metaverse sneaker hits. Uh, uh, as an emerging market, I don't, uh. yeah. I don't know. The, I think the other day someone was talking to me about like sand and like sand sandbox selling land. I was yeah. like, I was like, what what selling land? They are just raising capital. There's no there's no land. <laughs> it's like if they just want to sell, they can sell, right? So so it's 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 just. Uh, I mean, you can't you can't sell something that you can always make more. I mean, like the price is like you can yeah, yeah. I mean, money. I mean, you 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 yeah. you can. I'm sure there are people that are buying it, right? But it's, it's more like uh like you know from for our listeners tuning in that's trying to be a little bit smarter with this whole thing, trying to like follow and uncover the development of crypto and blockchain without getting burned along the way. And then I, I think I think these are some things to really think about. Right? What is the value of owning this kind of virtual metaverse kind of things? You know, I think yeah. you can ask DBS, right? Then isn't they have they, they have a whole thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They have a whole thing, mm-hmm. and and yeah, yeah. buying like plots of land. I think it. I think it might have been Decentraland was a big part of their, their metaverse push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess they, the, they the no. Okay, where where I'm going with this is like like you know like, you're not printing anymore. I mean, it's a very mm-hmm. simple concept. So right now you see on on crypto Twitter they're like the the Bitcoin, crowd versus everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, Bitcoin. Bitcoin was the one that started it all, yep. you know, and it still proves to be relatively stable as compared to everyone else, yep. you know. Um, because yeah, also, people, like you know, like what what it promises, right? It is just mm-hmm. a very simple. Um, it's it's a very simple promise, right? Obviously, hard to achieve, but like you know, like I think that at the end of the day, um, you know, you're not printing any more Bitcoin. 
It was supposed to be a hedge against inflation, but you know what? That didn't happen. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but we can go into that in in another episode, lah. Right, yeah. but I mean, because I think too much, ultimately, too much capital is in it. Too much capital is exactly. in it. It is moving in tandem along the markets, right? So Correct. it has lost its whole like hedge status, right? And that, that's Correct. a different discussion. Yes. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it still allows for a store of wealth without you know like if you put it in a cold wallet, without intermediary. I'm not know. sure if it's a store of wealth. I'm sure it's a store of Bitcoin. <laughs> store of Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that is a different discussion. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Maybe not thanks, store of wealth, guys. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah stop Bitcoin like Whether is it wealth, wealth or not, w- 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 remains for us to to tell. But yeah, good yeah, stuff. Uh, yeah, f- very happy that we ended off without FTX, right? Because there's just so much FTX coverage. But in closing, any last things anybody want to share? You know, this week in in the news cycle or anything you want to double down on based on whatever we've just shared. No, I think okay. we covered everything that we needed to talk about. Mm. Uh, hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing new comes up before this episode is released. Uh. <laughs> Hopefully we still have a show next well, week. Well, I mean, uh, so, uh, it better be so uh, uh, buy a cold wallet. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep saying it like every episode for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that would be like the running gag, right? Buy a cold wallet. Buy a cold wallet. Yeah. Buy a cold wallet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, our NFT that 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 GIF, right? And then we yeah. can say buy a cold wallet. <laughs> yeah. Sponsor for your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see, let's see, let's see where this goes, right? It's sponsors, uh, happy to happy to explore and uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. And thank you all for tuning in every week with us on uh, Blockcast, right? And if you want any more detailed written stuff, you know, on on some of the stories that we have covered, blockhead.co, head over there, and then you can see all the different articles that they have put out. And we will see you next week. Okay, I'm I'm quite sure next week we still have a show. And then uh, anytime. <laughs> Anytime if it doesn't work, this whole thing is collapsed. You will know lah. You will get updated. We will definitely be around. Definitely yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, great, great. <laughs> uh, conviction. Uh, editor says conviction. No, no, okay, like, so. okay, well, there is one point yeah. that we should leave the audience with lah. I think that you know, mm. right now, if you if you look at what is happening with the you know FTT and like CZ and everything, what we are doing right now is all after the fact, right? Mm. But it was CoinDesk that took a look at their balance sheet that started all of this. Mm. So right now, I feel. I mean, in my opinion, this is where you need credible media. Right, and this is what we're here to do. Yeah, yeah. wow, wow. So that's well, why we need well, to continue. Sensing it, yeah, sensing it. Yes, great. So we will continue, okay. and we'll see all of you next week. So okay. check out our podcast, and uh, yeah, if any other materials and all that good stuff, all on the podcast. So we will see you all next week. Okay, okay. bye. Right. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Hey Coconuts, so yes, uh, I hope you enjoy this new show that we're building together with the team at Blockhead and uh, the goal is very clear, right? We're not here to shield any token or be a cheerleader for any project but we feel that there's a lot of development that's going on in this space that we could cover and continue to be a little bit smarter um, as investors. I mean, eventually you tune in every week to a financial podcast network so that you can be smarter with your investments and if it so happened, this is something that you're looking at the crypto space, Web3, Metaverse, all these kind of stuff and that is where we're trying to cover but not from the angle of like this is good that is bad but really trying to see it from like what is happening how is it developing and I hope you find this useful and interesting right so if you want to continue to get more coverage around the crypto space check out blockhead.co and then we will see you next week